Welcome to the Big Marketing Podcast. We look beyond traditional marketing and explore how psychology and emotion lead to big marketing results. I'm Dan Hack, and... and I already said and, too. <laughs> Let's start I'm, over. Uh, I'm Dan Hack. And I'm Merritt Trigg. Let's go. Should we just have that as the intro music now? I bet you won't leave that in. This is our first episode. We wanted to take you into the what this podcast is and why we're doing it. There are a lot of podcasts out there that talk about the why, the like how to find yourself in entrepreneurship and how to be happy and those kinds of things. We wanted to create something that was a little bit more on the how and the what. Right. A little bit more um, practical, if you will, and a little bit less fluff. Exactly. So that's what this is. We really want to look beyond the basics of marketing. Uh, we're calling it the Big Marketing Podcast because, because it's about big ideas. It's about doing things that go beyond just basic traditional marketing. Or even if it's small ideas, it's how they were implemented in a big way that hopefully gives you as a listener practical advice for how you can do something similar. They were, you could even say they were implemented bigly. Bigly! Right. They were bigly implemented. That reminds me of that movie Jiggly with Jennifer Lopez, which got like the worst scores I've ever seen in my life. No, that was Bigly. He 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 the G's are silent. <laughs> Merritt, I'm gonna read an email to you and and I just wanna get your thoughts. Dear Mr. Hack. We procure, deliver, and enhance strategic IT solutions for small to mid-sized enterprises that help you achieve operational milestones. Wow. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Exactly. That's, right? That's my question. It, it sounds a little bit like it was written by a bot, doesn't it? It definitely does, or, or a template for someone who really is not engaged with other people a lot, which I guess is... Do you even know what that company does? No. I have you, no you'd clue. have to sit down and really whiteboard it I out, I would need right? to see the whole email so I could click on their signature, like the web link in their signature. And, and then see what happens. And hope. And then hope, but it, it doesn't look promising that you're going to get uh, any more They could be into because... coffee, for all I know. Yeah. Just really right. fast IT coffee. Now, how about if we wrote it like this? Hey, Dan, nobody likes slow internet. We can give you one gig plus speeds at a lower cost than you're getting now. It's simple, which I like. I understand what you're talking to me about, and it's got that human component, yeah. which I think is huge, right? right I exactly. feel like it's not I'm IT solutions. With... What does that mean, right? right? And here's the thing: a lot of companies are afraid to 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 narrow themselves down because they think, well, I'm going to leave out something. I'm going to right, but that's not how it works, especially in the email. As humans, we look for human interaction. Um, when you look at fMRI scans, our brains actually light up when we look at another human face. The emotional part of our brain is programmed to look at another person's face and try to process how they're feeling mm -hmm. because that's a part of your survival. Today, we're going to be talking to, I don't want to say today. Today, we're going to be talking to Mr. Steve. I don't podcast. want to say today. Today, today. we're going <laughs> to... No, I do want to say today. I just want to say today. Yeah. Dan, you want to know who would agree with you on that? Who? Steve, the podcast Passanelli. Wow, is that our guest for today? It is indeed. Steve is the CMO of BombBomb.com, a platform for integrating video into your communications, and he's also the co-author of Rehumanize Your Business, How Personal Videos Accelerate Sales and Improve Customer Experience. Talking about humanization of, um, of a brand, what does that mean to you? Tell me a little bit about that. 
Uh, it means going back to the ways that that we used to communicate. You know, when digital tools started taking the front seat, you know, there, there's been a wild swing in the pendulum and everything was about automation and everything was about, oh, we just lost Mary. Uh, everything was about automation and like, how can we scale and scale and scale and scale? And, and scaling was great because we were, we were trying to scale something that was true, right? And trying to scale the, the great things about our business. But I think we went a bit too far in the past 10 years or so. Uh, and all that scaling talk and metrics and ROI, it degraded our, <laughs> our relationships. And so, yeah, the, no one wants to be on a drip. No one wants to continuously receive content that's not meant for them, that's not customized for them, that doesn't speak to them anymore. And I think we went too far down that path. So the, the rehumanization, as we call it, is bringing things back. You know, back in the day, we used to have face-to-face -face meetings. And then those face-to-face meetings, if you weren't providing value, if you weren't helping someone, yeah, the person didn't take the meetings with you. Now we can just market, 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 and throw out more content. Is that is that not working? Well, let's just scale it up and send out more information. And eventually, we'll get some fraction of a percentage, uh, you know, of that email send, and we'll convert those. I think it's changing from from sending out more and getting a smaller amount of engagement to sending out less and getting a higher amount of engagement because you're speaking to the needs of your customers. So you've got funnels and automation and all that is working really well. What happened? Well, it's, it's oversaturation, right? Before there were all of the marketing automation tools and everything out there that would help you scale and send out all the communication, you know, the marketers haven't, they, they, they didn't ruin email yet. And then as people began using it, some people saw success and they're like, wow, I'm sending out more messages and I'm getting more engagement. And then other people said, well, what are they doing? I'm going to do that too. And then the messages started growing and growing and growing and growing. So it's, it's all about, it's, it's all about getting exposure. Uh, it's, it's all about getting attention, right? And how do you break through all of that noise and get attention? And one way to do that is to look at your messaging differently. It's to send authentic pieces of communication out. You know, I've been working on a project since the beginning of this year uh, called the Gratitude Project. Mm -hmm. And for no other reason than to, you know, I, I listen to podcasts and I get so much great information from podcasts and I get to listen to the smartest people on the planet, which people never had access to before in the history of mankind. And I get to hear them and listen to how they're running their business. And, and I just am so grateful to be able to learn that type of information. So I was like, you know what? What if I just said thank you to all of these people that, that are creating this content? I bet you they don't get thanked very much. Um, and so that was the premise of it. But I started learning so much from the beginning of the year, sending out a simple video to people that I listened to on a podcast and thanking them for the information they supplied and telling them the one or two things that I'm going to do based off of the knowledge that they imparted on me. And what's so interesting about that is, is people have a hard time breaking through the noise, as we mentioned before, and engaging and getting replies to emails. You know, it's so hard to get responses. BDRs are reaching out and SDRs are reaching out and salespeople are reaching out and they're not getting replies and responses. They need to break through all the noise. But throughout this project, I've got a 76% as of today, right now, I have a 76% reply, not an open rate, 
not a, not a click-through rate, a 76% reply rate. And I can go through each individual person I sent it to. I had no relationship with each person and their authors, CMOs, CEOs, and some of the most prolific people in the industry. And they're replying 76% of the time because I'm reaching out and I'm speaking to them about the things that they said and people are interested in hearing surprise about themselves and how they helped someone. And so <laughs> the messaging resonates. They know I listen to them because in the email and in the subject line, I talk about something that they said, not about something I want to impart on them. I talk about something that they said in the subject line. I write a quote on my, this is the one I did today, actually. Thanks, Eric. Give people the ability to act independently within guidelines. That was the quote I took away from Eric today, who's, who's um, a Harvard professor, and I sent him this message. I held it up. He knows that this isn't some kind of spam email that was sent out to a thousand other people. This, these are his words. Did he play the video? Yep. Did he respond already? Uh-huh. Are we LinkedIn friends? Yes, we are. <laughs> All in one day. And so I know this was a super, super long answer to your question. Um, but it is about, this is, goes all the way back to rehumanizing and breaking through. This was a human way to reach out, expressing true gratitude uh, to someone. And it's not just for Harvard professors. Um, I emailed the, the CMO of Salesforce. I did not get a response, unfortunately. But she watched the video nine times, nine times. And I didn't talk about selling bomb bomb. I didn't talk about you know, hey, would you like to use bomb? I, didn't, I just talked about the things that I learned from her. And sometimes when I, when, when I share this with our sales team, when I share this with other people, they're like, well, you know, did, did they sign up for bomb bomb? I'm like, no, they, no, that wasn't the point of the message. The point was to start a relationship with the person. And do you think if maybe the next interaction or maybe the interaction after that, I wanted to start to talk about bomb bomb, I'd have a better chance than just leading with, do you want to buy bomb bomb? Do you know what bomb bomb can do for you and your business? Now I actually, I went back and forth with a gentleman um, that, that uh, is on the board. He's on like three different insurance boards and I'm going to mess these up, but like the, uh, the American, Association of Insurance Professionals or, you know, something like that. And there's three different boards and he's on all three boards and he's got 350,000 followers on LinkedIn. And we went back and forth seven times. We didn't talk about BombBomb until the fourth time that we went back and forth. But guess who now has a BombBomb account? I'm just wondering, how the hell did we get you on this podcast? Yeah. It was a very personal, human outreach. So, it was great. So how do you stand out? Then when everyone begins to humanize their marketing and takes on the same tactics of authenticity within their marketing, what's the next evolution of that? No, that's a, no I love that question. That's a, that's a great question because just like anything else, it's just like when, when the phone became popular for, for telemarketing and it's like, well, now everyone has the phone. Uh-oh. Like, do we, are we at a disadvantage? Well, no, there's people that are going to be really good at the phone and people that are not going to be good at using the phone to telemarket, you know, 
going back 50 years right. when telemarketing started. Um, it, it's the same idea with this. You know, you can tell people to be authentic, but if they don't have a set of rules and they don't have a set of guidelines and they don't know who they are as a company, if they don't know their positioning as a company, if the positioning isn't clear, if it's not shared from the top, from the leaders within the company, if they don't have their core competencies uh, understood and, and they don't know them inside and out, if they don't have their core values, if they don't live out their core values, to be authentic is actually a very hard thing. To reach out and be genuine is a very hard thing to do if you don't have the foundational layer of all of these elements. And again, shared throughout the entire company. So when the sales reps reach out, their messaging is in the voice of the company and it matches the company brand. Um, and so it, it's going to be difficult. I don't think some people are going to be good at it. Some people are going to be bad at it. Some people mm -hmm. will fake it and and it won't work as well. And then some companies will just thrive because it, it is who they it's are. Authenticity. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's it, one of the things we, we pitch a lot when we when we pitch to a client. We talk about authenticity a lot, right? So humans want that human interaction. Humans want to know. It's like you ever call um, like an airline and you ask for your money back, you ask for a change or something, and at the end, or even your bank. And at the end, they're, they're like, unfortunately, I can't help you. And then you're like, oh, okay. And they're like, is there anything else I can do for you? They're so, it's such a process, process, <laughs> I hate process, that. right? Yeah. That, that yeah. It's not human, right? All you want is you want for them to just for a second say like, yeah, this sucks, you know? And I definitely, yeah, yeah. Want, you know what I mean? It's just so yeah. not authentic. So what's the cost of, so obviously you're slowing down a little bit. What's, what's the cost of not slowing down? What's the cost of, of not being human, of, of not infusing that authenticity in, in, into everything you do? The cost is just slow, <laughs> bleeding out slowly, right? And not, and not keeping up. I don't know if there's, that's probably why a lot of people don't do it right now because it's like, oh, if we don't do this, will it change tomorrow? No, it's probably not gonna change tomorrow and it probably won't change next week. Um, but if you want to be a truly exceptional company, you know, if you want to stand out from the crowd and you want to create great experiences and you care about the customer experience, and you care about your brand and all the touch points, you know, that that you have and you want to rise to the top, then you're going to have to do these things. You're going to, have to spend more time. And, and it's all about identifying, I think. And that was a great question, Dan, because it's about it's about identifying the times and the places where a human connection is going to be most important. When can I just send that marketing piece because I know what this person is thinking and feeling at that time? And AI can help with that too. And say, okay, this is the piece that they need right now at this stage of the journey and tracking, you know, tracking those journeys. But at this stage of the journey, this is where people need that human touch and they need that reassurance and they need to understand the, the people that they're working with with the company. It's in identifying the right moments. As CMO, what is your biggest challenge um, really selling your product? It, it has evolved so much in the past six months to a year that it's, it's like it's, it's overwhelming. The past, so I've been CMO for, uh, at BombBomb for, for five years. And when I joined BombBomb, the biggest challenge that I had was convincing people that video was a better way to communicate. And you know what, there's three phases of this because it changed so much in the past year or six months to a year and then it changed immensely in the past month and a half. Yep. So, <laughs> so three separate steps. So five years ago, it was 
why video is a better way to, to communicate. Not all the time, again, right time, right place. You don't want to send all videos. It's ridiculous. It demands a lot of your recipient. You want to send text when it's appropriate. And we can go through that too, if you guys want, like when text is appropriate, when video would be appropriate. Um, but sending video at the right time, the right place, why that's better and building relationships, selling more and, um, and building lifelong customers or maintaining lifelong customers. Then six months to a year ago, it changed for us really because we were the only ones, BombBomb's been around since 2006, we were the only ones for a long time saying video, video, video for personal communication, not for marketing. Mm -hmm. This is a different type of video. This is a, a video message and replacement of typed out text. And now we have competitors and there's a lot of competitors. And so in the past you know, year, it's been our, about our positioning, right? And how are we are different than our competitors. And, and the rising tide raises all boats. More people are gaining awareness that, hey, I should have a video messaging system. Mm -hmm. um, and then now in the past month and a half, everyone knows that they need video. They might not know the difference between synchronous and asynchronous. <laughs> I was just talking to Dan about that earlier, and he said, what does that mean? Yeah, well, Merit has words, right? Merit has the best words, and a lot of those words, the, some of us don't understand, right? I'm very basic. <laughs> Merit is up here. I'm a little bit down here with the vocabulary. Hey, me too. Ethan is my uh, words guy. He, he's our chief evangelist at Bomb. Um, I, I speak... You co-wrote the book with him, correct, Steve? Yeah, well, I did a lot of talking, and then Ethan did the did the writing, and and whatever gotcha. I would spew, Ethan would make it sound like two times better uh, as he as he wrote it out because he has better words than I do. Um, so, so you know, in the past month and a half, asynchronous and synchronous, it's like we have the video meetings, like we're doing right now, we're talking back and forth. But what about the ninety nine percent of the time that you don't have the relationship with the person when you just want to get a message across text isn't sufficient and so it's been different in the past month and a half here too again with positioning on how we are different but people know the problem that video solves now and so we made a big change and we're changing our website around now that there is awareness and people are like okay i need video uh, because it was a massive shift what's the psychology behind the power of the human face it's a it's a human face there's a, a study um, done by Richard Wiseman, he took hundreds of wallets and he dispersed them uh, across, I think it was Chicago, if I remember, but you can't quote me on that. Um, but he dispersed them across the city and half the wallets had um, a couple of photos of faces, presumably family members, and the other half of the wallets had no photos. Uh, but the rest of the wallet was exactly the same. And so when he dispersed the wallets throughout the city, the wallets that had pictures of human beings in it were returned three and a half times more often because we don't recognize the humanity in other people unless they unless we see their face. There's a great article called The Epidemic of Facelessness, um, and it's in the New York Times, and it talks about how people react differently if they do not look the other person in the eye, if they cannot see their face. And talks about you know articles online that are polarizing where people are writing comments that are just vicious towards one another or road rage where you don't see the person in the other car you just see the, the car right mm -hmm. and and you react and you think differently and it's hardwired into our brain and it's not until you look someone in in the eye that you recognize their humanity and just that simple thing right there whether it's a photo whether it's a video even more powerful than a video because you have uh, 
a much deeper way to communicate, hands, tonality, et cetera. Um, but just by being human, just by being you, you'll get more replies, more responses. People will understand you. People will build connection. You can build trust and rapport because no trust and rapport was ever built with black text on a white screen ever. Is video really meant for everybody? I mean, what do you say to somebody like me who really just has a, a face for radio? Yeah. Ugh. It has nothing to do with the with the way that you look. It has more to do with your demeanor. You know, if 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 you if you are this goes back to like what you believe, whether it's about your product, et cetera. If if you are grumpy and you are on there and you're like thinking about the commission that you want to make about the on the product that you're trying to sell, and you're like, why aren't you buying this? then right, you should not be using video. But you're smiling right now. You have a friendly face. That is your best asset. <laughs> I just want everybody to know, to be clear, the takeaway from this entire podcast is that I have a friendly face. He, he does. Um, there is, there's a book written by Amy Cuddy called Presence. And what she says in the book is people judge you on two things. They judge you on warmth and competency when they first meet you. And warmth trumps competency. And another way to say warmth is trust, right? Like trust is one of the things that that leads to that warmth. And that's all you need to have in your videos because people need to understand, people need to trust you before they know that you're gonna use your competency to their benefit. Because you can be competent and if you don't have warmth, if you don't have trust, if you don't have rapport, then you can use your competency to their detriment, not to their benefit, right? So warmth comes before that competency element and getting on video and being warm and smiling and listening and connecting like a real human being. Dan, I know you have friends. Merit, I know you have friends. And that's oh, what those are, those are the skills that you need to use, the same skills that you build your friendships with. <laughs> well, I've got my parents. That's our that's our listener audience is uh, my parents. There you go. So, yeah. so. Why not? That's that's really interesting. And I think it's phenomenal. I love that. So, Steve, if you if you kind of uh, to, to backtrack here throughout your experiences, you know, I, I think a lot of people on podcasts end up asking for uh, if you had one piece of advice to give to other marketers or something like that, what would it be? And to kind of take that and, and flip it on its head, you know, I think no matter the advice you give someone, they're going to have their own lived experience and need to have that in order to truly learn something. Um, what's something from your background that you found kind of imperative or like the, the turning point for yourself where you thought, hey, other marketers need to have this exact same experience to be able to, to progress to, you know, uh, a more meaningful level or just to grow if that's their if that's their goal. What Merritt is saying is he's not going to ask you for the top piece of advice, but what's right. the top piece but of I advice? You would give? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's not advice because it's it's got to be a, an experience, I think. I think that's so much more telling. OK. Um, the, the experience, I'm going to twist this because this is sort of advice too. <laughs> so, just do it. Uh, <laughs> The, the experience is, you know, every, everyone wants to have a major impact. You want to feel like you're bringing value and you have so much worth to, to, to provide the company. And like, especially if you just you know, received the position or you just got promoted into the position, you know, you want to do something that stakes your claim and says, hey, you know, Steve's really smart. And you know, like, you know, he, he's, he's doing this. And I think most of the answers to some of the hardest questions that you have someone in your company already knows the answer but they're not they're they're not 
enabled or compelled enough to, to speak up. And so, you know, if you are starting a new company, if you are starting a new position, it is to start within first and and not outside. People want to make that marketing campaign that just crushes and, and blows everything mm -hmm. away. You know, but the to do that, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, you, know, you need to have a clear understanding of who you are, the identity of your company, the voice of your company. Uh, you need to understand how you can help other departments in your company and, and, and department leaders. And if you go in with a mindset of how can I help everyone in my company, then they will give back twofold back to you and they will give you the answers that you need to create that epic marketing campaign. You will learn more from sales. You don't want to tell them what to do. You know, I, I feel you know, as a marketer, you should be a servant, right? You'll learn more from CS and be open, provide value. We have a, I'll end with this one. This is our marketing mantra at BombBomb, which is, um, it's, it's something that we live by. It's something that we say all the time. And I, and I really do, I really do love this. It's be a value and abundance will follow. And we say it, I try to say it daily, be a value and abundance will follow. And we try to use that as our guiding stick for the content that we create and how we interact with one another. Because if you're a value to your fellow colleagues, then abundance will come to you. If you're a value to your customer, then abundance will come back to you. That was awesome. And yeah, I don't know how you got him to be on our podcast, but we, we ended we ended on a really important lesson. And the lesson is that the lesson is that we ended on an important lesson. That's the point I want to drive home. The lesson is always end your podcast on an important lesson. The lesson is that a lot of people when they market say what they want to say, not what the audience wants to hear. That's so true. And there's sometimes a fine line. But how do you go about, you know, figuring out what your audience wants to hear? And I think that's. A topic for another podcast, Dan. That is a topic for another podcast. <laughs> so ordinarily, this is the part where we'd have a listener submit a question. We want to take questions from our listeners and actually answer, give you practical advice. However, this is our first episode, and guess what we don't have? Listeners. That's right. Wow. Okay. And because we don't have any listeners, we don't have any listeners submit a question. So we are going to give you the topic whether you like it or not. And <laughs> we're, we're going to go with <laughs> force feed them. We're going to force feed them. Exactly. So, uh, so we, you know, we, we talked about authenticity and, you know, authenticity has become a little bit of like a kind of a generic thing. It's, it's a, a buzzword, right? It's a buzzword. It gets thrown around a lot. It's kind of lost its meaning. So we wanted to give you three tips. Tips, practical tips on how to make your messaging authentic. So tip number one, um, you want to be human. We talked about that. You want to sound like you're human. You want to keep in mind that you're talking to humans. You know how big companies, large, huge corporations set up these processes to make things easier, but it, like banks, for example, airlines, but the processes are so strict um, that you no longer are human, even though you're talking right. to a human on the other end of the phone, mm -hmm. you no longer sound human. Like if the script says, make sure you apologize and apologize by saying this, this way, right? It, it's just not authentic. Right. Another example is Disney World. Like when I was a kid, I loved Disney World. We went back with, with our kids this year. And one of the things I noticed is that 
they're kind of smiled out a little bit. The people who work there, right? It's <laughs> the it happiest. like that old guy that walks around and tells young women to smile? You should smile more. You should smile more. <laughs> Creepy. No, it's it's like uh, when you do the Jungle Cruise, They it's half-hearted. Right. Nobody's really into it. You can tell that they're scripted. They're, um, they tell them what to say, when to say it seem scared here and they've done it a million times that it's become just inauthentic you know mm-hmm. it's 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 lost a little bit of its magic and maybe maybe not to my kids maybe they don't recognize that yet but Hopefully i remember when not. i was yeah when i was there i was just like oh man like this guy's gonna jump off of a bridge at some point you know he <laughs> he hates his life even though he's working at the happiest place on earth right all right number two alignment mary you want to take this one you have to figure out who you are uh, as a brand and as a person Mm -hmm. and make sure that there's no disassociation from that purpose or that meaning. Exactly. Speak from who you are. Figure out who you are. A lot of people don't know who they are. Right. You need to figure out who you are. You need to speak from who you are, right? Uh, Us, for example, we're very casual. Mm -hmm. That's why... Your announcement when you started working here, your photo for that I don't announcement think it's been posted yet. <laughs> <laughs> it will be by the time this is out. Okay. Uh, Merritt's announcement was uh, was an, an Olin Mills photograph. It was making fun of the old Olin Mills, where it's got the ghost image and you know in the top corner, and <laughs> right. he's kind of looking out into the heavens. Because um, we know we're weird and casual. Yeah. We're playing to who we are, and that's that's why it felt right. Exactly. And it's authentic, right? If we weren't, if we were a, a what, an insurance salesman or an insurance company, casual wouldn't be what we wanted to do, right? So if you're an insurance company and you're trying to sound casual, that's probably not going to work out for you. Yeah, unless um, that's really what your brand identity and who you are as a person and that those two things have to sync, right? Yeah, right. And maybe that could play out. I just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, and this is something we always tell our clients, if you're an old executive and you're trying to speak to younger kids, right, mm-hmm. Um that might not work out for you if you're writing the script yourself, right? right? Or you're coming up with the creative yourself. In that situation, it's number three. You should, sorry, I, I thought this was number two. It's actually number three. Number three is get help. If you're trying to communicate with somebody who is completely out of your um, area of expertise. Or just you're so out of touch with their reality, right? Yeah. Whether it's an age discrepancy a demographical one, like right. Find somebody who is that person and have them help you. I'm an old guy um, now. I guess I'm in my forties. I'm not going to try to tackle speaking to a 21 year old athlete, for example, because I'm neither an athlete <laughs> nor am I in my twenties. Right? Love handles to confirm that. Younger, buddy. exactly. So, although I will say. Merritt's a lot thinner than I am. I would outlast him if we had a plane crash in the mountains. That's what I'm preparing for. Wait, that was oh, weird. No. That was a really awkward you, thing to bring. Do you remember that movie? When there's no air travel, first off. <laughs> that is like, true. I don't know who's going to get See, on I'm being plane. inauthentic. Right? No, you weren't. You were being so authentic. 
that we took it down a weird level. I love that. <laughs> that I'm I just all over perfect. the place. Yeah. yeah no. So uh, yeah. So that's what we do. So when we have a client and that client needs to speak to a 21-year-old athlete, we handle the concepting, we guide the concepting, but we bring in the, either that data or somebody who can represent the person we're speaking to. Right. Because there's nothing less authentic than, and you see this a lot on TV, than some old executives in a boardroom trying to speak to urban athletes that are in their early 20s, you know, or or just graduating or something like that. I think, you know, we only had three points that we were going to discuss, but as a fourth point, and maybe it's a seminal point that kind of ties these together a bit. We always talk about this uh, in terms of when we produce a new piece for a client, how should it make you feel? Well, to inverse that and almost ask um, with your communication as a marketer, as a brand, as just a person, how do you feel when you're communicating, I think that can really touch into your level of authenticity that you're conveying within an interaction, right? Like if I say something and it sounds completely inauthentic and I, I ask myself at the end, how did I feel saying that or listening back to, you know, this podcast, for example, how did I feel when listening back to that? If I get an icky feeling, right, or something doesn't quite add up, then that's the key sign, probably your predicator that Hey, there's there's some inauthenticity at bay here, right? <laughs> See, that's authentic. Yeah. One of the things we thought about in this podcast, we considered editing out some of the some of the gaffes, uh, like Merritt's theme song that he sang in the beginning, um, <laughs> but we decided to leave them in because that's authentic. Um, here's the other thing: we we talk a lot about millennials because millennials, uh, when we first started, anyway, had this rising, you know, buying power, this, this potential buying power. Now we're all broke, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and one of the ways was how do you speak to millennials? And one of the things you, you see in the data again and again and again through all age groups, the younger more than the older is that they can sniff out inauthenticity. (laughs) They can sniff out. You can't say it either. In authenticity. They can sniff out inauthenticity. They can sniff out BS from five miles away. Well, I think part of that is the the culture that's been created with social media, right? Because it's so impulsive and at your fingertips, especially with video and being able to post on Instagram and YouTube. These things happen so instantaneous that it's almost impossible to be inauthentic. There's no room for it, right? And not to say that there's not a lot of scripted content, but yeah. Yeah. It's true. Absolutely true. Cool. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. If you have a marketing question you want us to answer, send us an email at bigmarketing at hackstone.com. Once again, that's bigmarketing at hackstone.com. We really want to know what you guys liked, didn't like, what you'd want us to talk about on the next show. Um, So please get at us. Talk to us. I'm Dan Hack. And I'm Merritt Trigg. Thanks for joining us. Bye.